So we continue with uh, the series that Pastor Jim is doing, and our sacred first sacred text is from Exodus 33, verses 12 through 23. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways, so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. He said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Show me your glory, I pray. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you the name the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, See, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock. And I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. Our second sacred text this morning comes from Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. Oops. Oops, I started in the wrong place. I'm sorry. I heard last week. Yeah, I was. I heard this last week. Okay, um, let's skip over to 15. And you've got the pages in your uh, bulletin if you want to follow along and correct me. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, 
We know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. And thus ends the reading of the sacred text. Thanks, Annie, for a second there. I thought I brought the wrong sermon. <laughs> Thank you. I could have, we could have just gone back to last week. That would, that would have been fine. So. <laughs> anyway. Um, and as Annie mentioned, we're kind of in two different kinds of series that are going on right now for several, several weeks now. I think it goes all the way back into August. Um, we've been tracking in the lectionary, the Exodus and the Matthew readings. Um, and, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but I've been kind of amazed uh, with how much power there is in, in the tracking of both of those at the same time. So it's really been a pretty interesting. But then a um, couple weeks back, this will be the third week, I uh, started a kind of tentative sermon series. I have no idea how long it's going to go. I'm just kind of working with it each week. Um, please, God. Who's right? Please, God, who's right? Um, and a couple weeks ago, I kind of introduced that idea, and last week we focused on, uh, please, God, who's right? Let's look at the Bible. Um, and uh, this week, please, God, who's right? Knowing God's ways. Who's right about knowing God's ways? You know, we... We swim in the waters of our time. That was the first thing that came to me when I, when I started to write down some notes on this. This time in history, the places and the experiences that we have, the events that transpire, the access to discussion, debate, analysis, and sometimes even facts, the attempts to um, color our thinking, and influence our actions through advertising and persuasion and propaganda and passion and distortion at times. We live in a time when all these dynamics seems to, seem to have created some, some chaos. And sometimes we might even feel paralyzed, not knowing what is true or what we should actually do in a certain moment. As a person of faith, I'm comforted. If and when I can know what God is thinking, if I can know God's ways, then I can handle the rest of the chaos out there. But how do we know God's ways? And 
Where do we learn it? The issues and the situations. The vast majority of those of these, um, those who have found uh, their way into the UCC hold some core principles in what we think about who God is and who God isn't. Um, and it motivates us then to live in certain ways. During our congregational meeting a little bit later, one of the things that uh, I have a handout for you on and we're going to look at is a, a summary of all the um, uh, resolutions that came to the UCC General Synod uh, this summer back in Baltimore, our national gathering that happens every two years. Um, and it's pretty clear that a lot of the subject matter is motivated by what, why we're in the UCC and why we, we care about certain things while others may care about other things. So... There are lots of issues out there, right? And how do we know? How do we know God's ways in the midst of all those issues? Um, the, I need God way, God's way to be a framework for me. And I was reflecting a little bit this week upon that because um, it, it was stunning to me in a very joyful way um, that as our church has continued to stay involved uh, with the issue that has been before the Colville School Board, um, the bathroom issue, um, that um, started two years ago, and we didn't do much as a church on it then. We hardly knew it was happening. 400 people were there, though. Many, many, many Christians. Um, and then a few weeks back, um, Eight of us were there, and uh, I spoke. And we've had some meetings here in the church to chat about this. And then this, this last week, this last Wednesday, 13, 13 of us were there, sitting together, being a church together. And I bring that up not here to talk about or even discuss or debate the actual issue that was before the school board. But there were over 40 people who spoke. Over 40 people. And the vast, vast majority of those um, speak in ways that they're saying, that they're standing there because they know God's way. They know what God wants in this situation. Um, and we stood out because we were the only church people speaking differently than all the other people speaking who were so sure they knew God's ways. Fortunately, we're more humble than that, right? Not so sure, right? No, maybe that's not true, but... It was amazing to me to, to, to see the, and experience um, this jockeying for position that happens when people are motivated by knowing God's ways and what energy it gives them, what passion it gives them, what surety it gives them, um, and uh, propels them to speak. Um, and I'm grateful for 
those uh, in our midst here who were there and who uh, and who spoke. Uh, I know Karen spoke and Roger spoke, and I appreciate that very much. I did speak again. Um, so, but let's kind of move on from that, because that, the frame for that is we go out there and many of us people of faith are motivated by our understanding of God. How God created this world to be. What our experiences of God are. What we've learned through the years, through growing up, through parents, through mentors, through discussion, through study, through prayer. And we get to the point where we're out there. Um, and yet, we don't all see God the same way, do we? You know, we've had our, our own differences among ourselves in trying to understand at different times God's ways. Just in my time here, you know, you've mentioned it before, but the, the issue of the American flag in the sanctuary, and we heard people from both sides, and maybe all sides, because there was kind of a spectrum of thoughts on the whole subject and feelings, um, and so many people motivated by their understanding of, of God and what God's ways are all about. We went through it on the open and affirming. Now, that wasn't as tight of a vote as, uh, as the flag one was, but still, those of us who were here at that time, we remember the differences and the tensions and, and how everyone on all sides was working hard to understand what is God's way in this whole thing? How do we know God's way? So that brings us to today's scripture readings, which absolutely um, fascinate me. Because first of all, let's start with the gospel. Um, you know, I really relate to the Pharisees. Because... Uh, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't, uh, you know, didn't believe that I had some sense of knowing God's ways, right? And if you know God's ways, you, you work for them, right? You work hard for them. And you try to make sure no one else takes it away. No one else undermines it. We know the society we live in, a lot of undermining is happening out there. So what happens you know, once again, that school board came into my mind because I want to think of the Pharisees as being the bad guys in this story. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. That's what bad people do, right? Plot to entrap. But I know, for example, and it happened with many of you that going through the school board thing, you get into a mode because it's really important to you, you start strategizing. How am I going to do this? How am I going to be heard? Who am I trying to convince? Who's my audience? What am I speaking for? Why am I doing this? Where does this come from? How is this rooted in, in my knowing God's ways? And in all of that, there's a deep sincerity. But you get out in the charged environment of difference and tension and the political aspect of it, and it's not real far to turn from a little careful strategizing into a nice, clever plan that might entrap somebody else in the own fallacy of their logic. Because I, of course, know that they're wrong and I'm right, 
right? You know, I know that. Um, so this is what's happening with the Pharisees. They're really not bad people. They've been dedicated and devoted. They put their whole life into this way of knowing God's ways. And this Jesus comes along and is undermining them. And Jesus may be calling right now to undermine my sermon. I don't know. Um, and, you know, the other thing the Pharisees did here, which was kind of interesting because I saw a lot of effort at this. You know, two years ago at the school board, uh, I, I thought a riot was going to break out. And, um, I mean... There were a lot of people who didn't want to listen to anybody else, and they were really mad. Well, two years later, I've seen in the last two meetings, an attempt to um, kind of set a different tone before telling the school board everything that they had done wrong and how they should be elected out of office. And so there were a lot more people standing up to the microphone who said things similar to what the... Pharisee said to Jesus, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the ways of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Now those of you who went to the school board meetings know, you can always tell, right? Somebody started with something like that. Well, we know, and you know, we know you're working hard, we know you're trying, you know you had to listen to a lot of different... But you could tell in the first sentence or two, which way it was going to, where it was going to end up, right? You know? But it's all part of a strategy to try to uh, say no, you know. Um, maybe we can change your mind here. Maybe something else can happen. We're the, we're the nice guys here. So, reading this gospel reading this week, it just, it rung so true to the reality of what happens to us in real situations. When we seek to know God's ways, and then when we think we've got something that's really important and we think we know God's way, and then we go out and deal with it, either within our church or in the community, and we're trying to change minds, set a different tone, make a different outcome happen, whatever it might be. Um, and it is so easy to turn into what happened to the Pharisees here. And I think the Pharisees are... The good guys here. I mean, I think they are just deeply, deeply ingrained and committed to everything that they had learned and committed their lives to in knowing God's ways. And I actually wanted to preach about tax reform today since it came up in, the, in here, but I decided not to. That's what I'll have to be for another day, I guess. But, um, but uh, you know... This uh, whole passage is also about the fact that in part of knowing God, knowing God's ways, and we see this all through the Gospels and how Jesus uses parables and stories and all sorts of things. He doesn't. We don't get the direct answers. We get the we get the kind of responses that make us have to think through things, work through things, have conversation with each other, pray about it, consider where we've come from, how we got to where we are before we're going to go to the next place. It's it's Jesus is not setting us up for, you know, I'm right, just do it this way. That's not the goal. What was most interesting to me was then to go in trying to know God's ways and to look at that Exodus story, 33rd chapter of Exodus, 
I, Moses and God, we've had this going, Moses and the Lord, for a couple weeks now because Moses is spending a long time up there in the mountain, 40 days, at least symbolically 40 days. <clears throat> and, you know, Moses says, show me your ways. Did you hear what the answer was to that from God? You know, Moses, Moses is kind of caught between not a rock and a hard place, but God and the people down the mountain, you know. And that's kind of like being between rock and a hard place sometimes because it was pretty unrestful down there with all the, the people trying to figure things out. So Moses says, show me your ways. And once that's got a really clear then I can be your ambassador and I can bring it to the people and I can show them with the same clarity that you have shown me. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't God here, you could see... Real Actually, Moses doesn't mind getting upset at God, but for most of us, it's kind of like we might dismiss it or hesitate because instead of showing his way... Well, he actually does show his way, but not with the clarity that Moses or we would want. God says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence? That's it? <laughs> but give me the list of your ways, oh God. And even later on, show me your glory. And... You know, go back and read that for yourself. It, it's kind of like, no, you can't really look straight in the face of my glory, but I'll kind of show you my back and, you know, shield it a little bit and you'll get a glimpse. But it doesn't work that way. Knowing God's ways. Well, it, first of all, it's a process. But this presence is a code for something else when you read the entirety of the Bible and you get to the greatest commandment. The promise of God's presence is a promise of God's faithful love with us all times through every situation in every moment. It is not a list of the answers to everything that God thinks about relating to every situation that I might be in. It is a promise of something much bigger and much deeper. It's the promise of a relationship. It's a promise that that love will always be with us. Even when you're sitting in a school board meeting and people are saying vile and mean things to each other, and, and people are claiming while they're doing that that they are speaking God's truth or on behalf of God. Even when the people of Israel are grumbling down at the bottom of the mountain and they're carving statues of, the, of alternative gods because they're not sure this God is giving them all the answers that they need on the journey. No matter what is happening, no matter how God is being misrepresented. God's promise through Moses is a presence that will always be with us. 
we hear later that God is love. So wherever you see love, wherever you experience love, you are experiencing that presence. Now, to bring it back to the process of going through us as a church into the school board, I, I don't want to get into a debate on who's right about, you know, how God sees the bathroom issue in the Caldwell School District. But I do want us to continue to discern and discuss and pray about what have we learned about what it means for us to be a faith-filled church striving to recognize the presence of this God in our midst and encounter the situations in our lives and the situations we choose to deal with as a community, as a church, and to see God in what is happening there. To learn how to be wiser the next time. To learn how to speak with more clarity to those who need to hear from us. To know when to not speak when that's what's needed in the moment. To learn how to take the presence of God that is with us and recognize that even with those who appear to be fierce adversaries, possibly even might feel like enemies, to see that God's presence is there, available to them as well. And therefore to do whatever we can to continue to work the relationships in God's presence with God's love flowing through us as people of faith. So sorry I don't have any quick answers for you on knowing God's ways. But I have a journey for us to be on together which takes a little more work but will be more fruitful. May God bless us as we live more deeply into God's ways in our lives. Amen.